Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Inbound Sales Journey. I am your host, Ryan Herman, and joined by Gray McKenzie. In this episode, we are going to be talking about compensation plans for account managers. So Gray has a lot of experience with our own agency, uh, hiring a few different account managers, trying to figure out uh, how we should set up and structure compensation plans. So we're going to share some insights there, and I will chime in as well. Now, last week, we opened the start of Season 7, talking a little bit about how we felt uh, 2017 is going to look from a sales perspective, what that landscape is going to look like. So if you guys want to go back, listen to that one, you can check that out. But now we're going to dive into the compensation plan. So Gray, how are you doing today? Ryan, I'm doing well, man. We're talking about everyone's favorite topic, compensation plans. How much better could I possibly be doing? The monies. In all seriousness, though, I am pretty excited to bring this up because this is a question that um, we have fielded a couple times and recently had a, uh, a great conversation with an agency owner about comp plans who's trying to structure this and just figuring out like who, who can I talk to about this, what resources are out there. And I realized, you know, we've put out some stuff about sales rep comp plans. There's not a lot. If you just try and Google it, there's not a lot that's easy to find, especially in the agency space about what to do with, um, account managers, um, and obviously there's a lot of things that that position gets called. We're going to refer to them as account managers here. Um, but that's somebody's running point on, um, on a client account in most cases. And th- there might be, I think that this can roll down to the rest of the account staff as well. So you, you might want to think about this. Now, why are we including this on inbound sales journey? I think this is definitely something that I may address in more detail at some point on the blog possibly a uh, another podcast episode we'll get into it if we have questions but um, but this one's really geared towards the agency owner but it's it's also really tied into sales and there's I think some elements of this that could certainly play into your sales comp plan probably just slightly different different numbers but um, but yeah things to dig into so anyways I wanted to talk through the different components that we use. I also, I hate those podcasts. Ryan, don't you hate it when you, not not podcasts necessarily, blog posts, where you feel like, okay, here we go. Here's going to be the secret to how to do this. And you're looking for something that's numbers-based. Like, hey, I want to know how much should I be charging for these services. You find an article, you go to read it, and they talk about it. They address the issue, but they never actually say any hard numbers. That always irritates me. Yeah, a little frustrating. So I don't want to do that to people. So I want to share some actual numbers in here as well, based on our experience, and then how I recommend getting to your numbers as well. So I guess maybe first we need to start off with uh, what does that role look like, and you need to kind of scope that out. What is this person doing? Are they just managing the relationship? And then all of there's another person who's a project manager. I know some hives at some uh, at some agencies, especially larger agencies have that kind of structure where there's a senior account manager and a junior account manager or project manager. Um, 
So sometimes that account manager position is synonymous with project manager. Sometimes it also uh, that person is also doing a good amount of implementation. So they're um, helping to actually implement what gets built out. Sometimes that person's in a strategic role. Sometimes that person's doing it, especially a smaller agency. That person's kind of doing everything for that account and then outsourcing maybe some technical parts or design parts or whatever that might be. But you need to define what that role looks like and then what else that person is also doing internally. So that's kind of step one is what is this role? Obviously, at the end of the day, you need to come to a number and agreement with somebody that fits uh, where the business is at and what that person um, is looking for and needs as well. So the model that I'm going to present is not the most simple model. There are a lot of cases where this account manager person is simply a salaried employee or um, in some cases even a contractor. And and that seems to work well. There's, um, you know, if, if both sides are happy and that works, that's obviously way simpler. And I'm not opposed to that model. What we ultimately came to was a mixture of the following four components, though. And I'm going to just give them to you first, and then we'll go into detail with them. So the four components are a base, um, a base salary component, a retention bonus, a growth bonus, and then a profitability bonus. So what do all of those mean? The base, I think, is pretty pretty obvious. But a base is like, hey, you're always going to have this base level, this base level of your component. And one of the ways that we've kind of structured this, because a lot of compensation, if you just roll, you could roll out the exact same plan and have two very different reactions based on how you roll it out and how it's presented. So if a base is just like, hey, for being a part of our team, here's what you deserve. That's one way of pitching it versus a base presented as like, this is, um, this is the, the base, like the, the kind of cornerstone of your compensation. And this is kind of what you get in exchange for fulfilling all the responsibilities of your role. So that may be extending beyond simply account-facing um, responsibilities. So there might be some internal operations work. There might be some marketing. There might be um, maybe a sales piece in there. There could be a lot of different pieces that someone's asked to do, especially at a smaller agency. Um, and so I think clarifying those roles and making it clear um, that there's that there's compensation for the for executing those roles and that's part of the job as well. So that's the base piece. We have a retention bonus. So that's basically just a percentage of the uh, contract value, whether that's and, annual or whatever. So basically, um, we sign a customer to a upfront project or we sign that customer to a 12 month retainer agreement. They re are retained and renewed the account manager responsible for that should get a bonus uh, for doing their job at least well enough to, to keep the client happy and bring them on. So that's kind of motivation to help clients actually succeed and not just help them succeed, but also communicate that success and keep them happy so they stay with you. The second piece is uh, largely the same type of motivation, but this is going to reward a little bit more of a sales function. And this is where you're going to have to go back to how's your team structured? Is this on the account manager or is this on somebody else to help grow the account? But we structured in a growth bonus. So basically whatever the growth is beyond that initial uh, value, that account value um, 
or or contract value that was brought in, there is a bonus on top of that for for additional growth. So if you have someone on a five thousand dollar retainer in year one, in year two, uh, they're so happy from year one that uh, they bump up to an eight thousand dollar a month retainer. That uh, that growth should be uh, kind of passed down in some way to the person responsible for that. So we also had a growth bonus in there. Now, obviously, what we've talked about so far, base, taking care of a lot of responsibilities and making sure that there's a base level of compensation. Um, This is generally at the account manager level, for us at least, a significant chunk of um, of their total compensation package. Retention and growth both motivate your account manager to keep the client happy and to produce good enough results and strong enough ROI that there's incentive to upgrade um, from the client's part. So the fourth component here is profitability then. So some kind of motivation to balance cost efficiency with true client success. So that means you can't just spend whatever you want to make sure that the client uh, is happy. There's some some constraints and uh, and this will also provide some incentive towards the growth side. So if you want to um, continue to to uh, to produce more for that client, you're going to need to increase their spend with you in order to keep profitability in place. So basically, just kind of having a series of pretty simple. I mean, it's it's four pieces. Certainly, there's something that you, there's a little bit of math to be done here, um, but those four pieces are pretty easy to understand and kind of balance each other out in motivations and all ultimately for us. Uh, after experimenting with a lot of different models, kind of led to the right overall motivation in that account manager role. Go hey, ahead, Ryan. I'm gonna, you, <clears throat> I was going to say, could I ask you a few questions that people might be wondering? Hit me. So my first question would be, does the, the, the model that you go with for a compensation plan for an account manager, does it change at all depending on if someone is like a, like pretty much brand new to the position they haven't maybe they're being hired from an outside industry don't really have any experience in here versus you just hired someone who does have an experience being an account manager for perhaps another agency uh and has like more experience in the space does that change i mean obviously that could could make them like their base could be higher and things like that but does that does that change those four metrics of you know the bonuses in in the base or have no impact yeah i think like you said, obviously the the percentage numbers and the base, all that stuff was going to be different depending on whether some someone's experience level and obviously performance. Um, but I do think if you're hiring somebody who's brand new, you don't know if they're going to work. I mean, there's and we could have a whole other episode on how how do you hire someone and find somebody for this role. But um, but I I do think that there is certainly a case if someone's brand new and there are no benchmarks as the first hire you've ever made. Um to doing some type of either salary or a simplified model of this, running it for a year, gathering some data, and then building that into a comp plan that gets slightly more complicated but balances out the motivations a little bit better um, in year two or after six months or whatever that period is and just having that conversation. But starting more simple and then possibly moving towards more complex. Um, Ultimately, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot more uh, bonuses or tweaks that you could build into this plan 
this is just kind of the the mixture that we came to that was the best fit of simplicity with uh, motivations and rewarding strong performance. Cool. My second question would be, do you think it ever makes sense to present both options to a new hire? <clears throat> so you can say, hey, here's a salary. It is what it is. Or you can say, look, there's this other option that potentially allows you to make a little bit more money, but you're going to be judged on these metrics with a little bit of a, you know, a smaller base salary, you know, trying to fit, trying to figure out, you know, what type of person are they, but also making them happiest with how they're being compensated. I, I do think so. I think it probably depends on the type of person who you're dealing with and whether that person, is that going to be a blessing to them to have to make that decision of what plan do I want to go with? Or, or, are, you just throwing, or are you just throwing more weight on them and they're going to stress out about it and it's not going to, I'd say if both are good models and hopefully the person who's going to be in this role making decisions um, on a on a daily basis with clients at least, um, I think that could be cool. I think that um, we've done that in the past and kind of drawn on like the example of Buffer where when you're joining the company, they have a whole formula for how people get paid and you have the option of either taking a higher salary or taking a little bit more equity in the company and that might be a choice you can renew on an annual basis um but yeah just basically giving people like hey here here are the options i don't think that's a bad thing i think ultimately especially uh the smaller you are like simpler the simpler the better and i don't think that i said the smaller you are but i think that applies across the board like more simple probably as long as as long as it's the right situation uh is probably better couple other questions. Would you suggest paying people bi-weekly or monthly? And then kind of on top of that, how do you pay out the bonuses? Are they paid out monthly? Is it you get a bigger check at the end of the year? How's like the actual payment structured? Yeah. So in our situation with, and we've talked about contractors versus employees before, but but with a contractor um, running the... Uh, running accounts for us and always having stuck with beyond uh, beyond founders of the business, always having stuck with contractors in this uh, project manager or account manager role, we would pay monthly. And basically what would happen is um, we would calculate at the end of, so if this month is January, we'd calculate at the end of January what that amount should be. And then that would show up in their monthly paycheck coming mid-February. So there is a delay. That's obviously if you choose to go with that model. Um, the, the very first month before someone gets paid, there's a potential for them to have six months worth of or six weeks worth of lead time before they get a paycheck. So you probably need to think about uh, fronting some money to them um, in terms of how that goes. And then my last question the profitability bonus, are you sharing your profitability numbers with the account managers so they kind of know where they are there? Uh, or how are they supposed to know like how many resources they can allocate to, uh, you know, to each client that they're, that they're dealing with? That's a great question. It's definitely not fair to have somebody have a, a component of their compensation be tied into a profitability bonus and not have them have any transparency into what goes into that. So we would break it down as, Hey, here's the budget. <clears throat> here's where we would like to be. And 
I'll get into the numbers here in a second where we'll talk about the range, but let them know what things factor into that. And, um, and then they have control over what, what goes into that, or at least some level of control over what goes into that. So they may not, you know, you may have freelance copywriters who are doing your blog posts or content offers for you. They may not have control over making those hires. They probably don't. Um, although they may, and, and in some situations have for us in the past. Um, so there, there may be costs that aren't really on them. And so you need to, you know, they weren't responsible for hiring the more expensive copywriter. And if you make a change with somebody, you can't, you can't just ding them for a change that they didn't make necessarily. So I think just communicating through that and kind of tackling that's, that's a good question. It's a hard question to answer because it's more on a case by case basis, but you, the short answer is they need to have transparency into what those numbers are. Yeah. Well, none of those questions were scripted. That was just me <laughs> firing those at you. So good job. Top of the dome. Script. Yeah. Cool. Top of the dome. So if you want to get into some of the numbers, Greg, to help answer that for people, and then probably wrap this one up and, uh, and go on to the next. Great. So I think the first component, the, in most cases, at least the primary component for us, the base I think that's got to be dependent on the role, the skills, uh, that person's risk tolerance. So kind of what you were hinting at, Ryan, if, you know, can I take a lower base and have more of my, um, you know, I've got strong sales experience as well. Can I have more of mine tied into growth? Cause I think I can grow this. Um, or I've got the skill set to handle more of the implementation and the capacity to handle more of the implementation. If I do that, that'll increase profitability. So I'd rather take a lower base. Um, you need to figure out what that's going to be. And uh, and risk tolerance also from an agency perspective. So a lower base probably gives you lower risk as um, what you're going to be compensating that person is more dictated by their performance and having revenue in the business. So I don't have a good number to give you there. I do think most account management positions probably start uh, here in the U.S. If you're in the U.S., probably start in the around 40 K range annually. Um, we're talking total compensation now and can go up. Um, you know, probably an average is somewhere depending on where you are geographically around, uh, around the fifties, probably in the 40 to 60 range, but, but that can range as high as 80 or hundred, um, depending on what the person's responsible for the level of experience skills and all that stuff. So, you need to think as you're putting these together, what's going to be a competitive salary? What's enough to bring in the person who we are targeting? And then run these numbers in a spreadsheet to figure out, okay, based on these situations, where do we wind up and kind of find your sweet spot. The account renewal bonus, assuming it's driven by that account manager, I'd say just as a ballpark number, somewhere around 5% is something that we used on um, retainer. So if it's a $5,000 a month retainer, then... Um, that get you know that then gets grown to uh, or that that gets retained beyond the first year. There's that bonus somewhere in the I'd say that that number is probably around five percent for us. I think if you're somewhere in the one to ten range, that's probably probably realistic, depending on how much your account manager is doing. The growth bonus we would pay a higher premium on this, so there's not a 
renewal bonus, obviously, this isn't stacking. So if you grow the account value by $3,000 a month, you don't get the $5,000 for renewal on that increased amount. And you don't get the growth bonus for, you know, you don't double up on the bonuses, but we would give a, like around 10% bonus for growth. So instead of making 5% across the board, you get a higher cut of what you also upsell, upsold, and you're now managing. And then profitability bonus, the way that we did this is we broke this up into uh, ranges of profitability. So we'd say, hey, here are the numbers that we're shooting for. If it's below this number, there is no profitability bonus. And if it's above that, if it's in this range, it's 1%. And our, I think our range was uh, pretty low. I think it was 0 to 3%. We were not that concerned about the the profitability piece historically had been pretty good for us. So we just ranged from zero to 3% of the total account um, revenue on a monthly basis based on the profitability numbers that we were hitting. So that is how we structured that. And that would basically be, you get 1% if you're in this acceptable or good range, you get 2% if you're in a great range. And if you're off the charts in profitability, you get 3% of that total account value. And I'd say, Gray, um, the reason that these bonuses, I think, make a lot of sense, even if you're, you know, I know I think a lot of people think about commissions tied with salespeople, but the, the account manager who's essentially the face of the company to that that prospect over the year, you got to think they're the ones that have the relationship and have been building that uh, over a period of time. They are essentially in a form of sales, like whether they like it or not, because the biggest part of sales is is the relationship that you have. So when it comes time to upsell them to another service or something, obviously having it making sense and being beneficial to them, it makes sense that they'd be compensated for that and that they'd be the natural fit because the person who maybe was your salesperson who sold them uh, into a retainer or something a year ago, maybe like hopefully they're keeping up with the relationship and, and they can help uh, close more services, but often we found that the person really with the best relationship is the account manager at that point. And so it makes more sense to have the account manager have the, the conversation um, with the, the customer at that point and just say, hey, you know, going into this new year, we hit our goals, you know, let's try to increase that next year. You know, obviously you're making them more money. They, that opens up more money in the budget to work with you. And then if you guys want to start doing paid search or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the services that makes sense uh, after a year of review, you know, I think that the account manager should have a hand in upselling that. And, and that is what makes these bonuses make so much sense as opposed to just going, here's a flat salary for doing what you're doing, because then the incentives just aren't quite there to number one, keep the customers happy. But number two, uh, continue to build that relationship and and sell more services that you know isn't just to make your agency more money, but is to benefit uh, the customer. You don't want account managers just looking at it and saying, "Well, you know, we're we're doing a good job, just hitting their their goals. Let's not try to increase that." You know, and this is a great way to to help increase it. So, yeah, no, I think that's that's a great point. Just aligning those incentives, and you kind of brought it up the account manager in at least in our situations, in a lot of cases, being better positioned to have that upsell conversation than a sales rep who maybe hasn't been involved in a while. Um, so I think if you have a different structure where it's not the account manager who's upselling, like obviously you're going to look at and reduce that growth compensation. You know, you're probably not going to give a 10% bonus on growth. If you've got a salesperson coming back in, also getting a commission on that, you know, you, you need to run those numbers. And that's why I said 
plotting this out in a spreadsheet and seeing where you're at makes a lot of sense. I think on the motivation yep. side, um, the reason that we went to this, like, not not hugely performance driven, but but pretty heftily performance impacted compensation plan, was just because this seemed like the best way to align incentives to take care of the clients. But also, I really don't care how many hours you spend doing this. Like I, I want to pay you for your performance and how, if you make the company money and you make our clients happy, you should be rewarded for that. So that was built in. One other last note that I'll throw in is you also need to outline what this is going to look like if you're largely project based or largely retainer based and how that, um, how that gets played out and who else is being compensated on a performance level. Cause this could impact a lot of different places. But if you are going to start out with a with a game plan or with a website project, and then you move into something else, how do outlining your client journey is a big part of what needs to happen, and then outlining are there any different situations where this comp plan changes based on what we're delivering for the client? Yep. Enough rambling. We could go on about specific cases uh, forever. If you guys have any specific questions feel free to email us either gray or ryan at doinbound.com or leave a comment mm-hmm. in the show notes. Yep. All right, Gray. Well, that'll wrap us up uh, next week. We've got a pretty fun topic. We're talking about how to run sales pipeline reviews at your agency. <clears throat> so we're going to be talking about what goes into that, how we structure those. Uh, so if you guys aren't doing sales pipeline reviews or wondering how to make yours better, uh, we will be chatting about that. So, Until then, we will see you in exactly a week. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.